0: Hello, 2023. Welcome. I am happy to be here in a fresh new year with lots of things to take pictures of. And in fact, one of the things that I get questioned on a lot is like, Hey, Christine, how do you always know what's going on? how do you always know what there is to photograph in the sky, what kind of events are happening? And the reality for me now is it's hard for me not to know (laughs) because uh, all of the classes I run, the groups, the alumni, the accounts I follow, I will know about pretty much any night sky event happening well in advance. But when I was first starting out, it was a lot of looking things up and planning, a lot of planning, and I still plan. What I've decided to do, this is the inaugural episode of a monthly podcast episode, and if you want, you can also watch this on my YouTube, and you can see the images that I'll be talking about from my software I use called Planet Pro, and it's going to be called Cosmic Chronicles, and it will be a monthly episode where we go into what we can see in the night sky for that month. I will preface this, and I'll say this in the episode a few times, I am sure, but I will be basing things off of my location here in North America on the Atlantic, the East Coast of North America. My uh, latitude is about 44.5 degrees north where I live. Things will be a little bit different depending on where it is that you are tuning in from. I also will be showing some screenshots of my Planet Pro app and some of Stellarium. If you want to see those, all that you have to do is go to afterdarkphotographypodcast.com, go to today's episode, and you will see all of the screenshots posted there. I'm also recording some video with this, so if you so desire, you can hop on over to my YouTube channel and uh, have a watch there too. Okay, without further ado, let's get to it. Hi, I'm Christine Richer, an artist and mentor to photographers around the world. Consider me your interstellar guide on the path to being a better nightscape photographer. In this podcast, we will bring together our artistic right brain and technical left brain by exploring creativity, art, and inspiration in photography, as well as diving into technique, gear, and strategy necessary to elevate your craft and photographic practice. I am so happy to be a part of your Milky Way journey. This is the After Dark Photography Podcast. Welcome to the inaugural edition of Cosmic Chronicles. This is for January 2023. And this podcast episode, if you're listening or YouTube episode, if you are watching, is going to be, all right, what can we photograph in the night sky this month in January? And first up, just as like a general overview, for me, January is a lovely time to get out and shoot some of the deep sky objects that I personally love. They're easy to image. They make a really beautiful impact. And I like to incorporate them into deepscape images where I'm photographing with a longer focal length, taking multiple images in the sky, and then also getting them as they come down and they set over a landscape, stopping my tracker, photographing that landscape. These objects that I'm generally shooting in January are going to consist of Andromeda, Orion, the Rosette Nebula, and the Pleiades. Now, depending if you are doing a deep scape, you're going to get the object as it is either rising and coming up or setting and going down. In January, they will be setting. Now. For this episode, all of my times, if I say a very specific time, it's going to be based basically on Atlantic time and for my latitude. So the time would be similar for you if you are at a similar latitude to me. So if I say something's happening, like for instance, Andromeda sets at 3 a.m., Andromeda will set for you at 3 a.m. if you are around a latitude of 44.5 degrees north. If you are a higher latitude or a lower latitude, those times are going to shift accordingly. So you will want to look at that and make sure that you know the time for where you are specifically. The other thing is that there are screenshots I will be showing you of all of the different things going on this month. If you're watching the YouTube video, that's cool. You'll see them here. If you are listening to this on the podcast and you want to actually see so you can visualize what I'm talking about, go to afterdarkphotographypodcast.com and you will see all of the screenshots there. The screenshots are made this month. Uh, with the exception of two, using my Planet Pro app. And so this uh, is my go-to app for anything that I want to plan in the night sky, except for some of the things that are a little bit more niche. We can get even more niche (laughs) in this particular genre of photography. With those, we're gonna go into Stellarium. So without further ado, let's dive into what we're going to see in the night sky during January. First up, because of the recording schedule for this, and I'm just getting back to work now after having some time off with my family, that means I won't have this to you in time to tell you about the Quad's meteor shower. I don't feel too bad about that, honestly, because this year there's a pretty big moon in the way. And you would have to be out just before sunrise in order to see more meteors without any moonlit interference. So it's not the best shower of the year. Um, There will be more showers that happen later in the year that will be better and warmer too. So that's happening, um, had happened, uh, by the time you're listening or watching this, the evening of January 3rd going into the morning of January 4th. Where we are going to start is with the full moon. So we have the full moon on Friday, January 6th. And if you are... type of person who loves to take your moon photos then this is a nice time for it because you know it's like okay i am gonna get my moon photo then go home and have some some supper you don't have to do anything that late so january 6th here in nova scotia the moonrise is coming up over our landscape at about 4 30 p.m um we've got a pretty pretty close to sea level here if you have mountains or stuff like that in the way you would want to check out planet pro with your specific terrain to see exactly when it's going to be rising or setting. So that's what we have for the first thing of the month is a big bright full moon. Now with a big bright full moon, that means will be a little bit of time before we do more um, specific night sky things where we would be getting, um, like if you wanted to photograph Andromeda or the Rosette Nebula, et cetera. You don't wanna be doing that with a big full moon in the sky, but there is something else happening this is very specific, so unless uh, you are someone who is close to New York City or is planning to travel there for these dates, this won't be specific to you. But if you are, if you're a New York resident or nearby, on January 11th and 12th, you're going to have an opportunity to photograph uh, what Neil deGrasse Tyson coined as Manhattan Henge uh, at sunrise. So some people call this a reverse Manhattan Henge. Um, I. I wouldn't because it's anyways, but it's the sunrise one. What's good about this is that you get to have less people (laughs) because it's in the morning. Also, it's cold, so a little bit less people as well, but it is pretty popular. And uh, when I was looking up like, okay, where is a good spot for this? uh, One website called localadventure.com, they said the best spot, now I cannot verify this for you but they said the best spot is going to be 41st street and 5th avenue so that's what i've lined up in the screenshot of um that plan pro has and you can see the sunrise just lines up perfectly so on january 11th and january 12th if you want to bundle up and get out there early i would get out there early and stake your spot out with a tripod um if you go you could shoot this handheld but if you stake your spot out with a tripod that means that uh people probably won't go directly in front of your spot. Uh, So you can get out um, and get a pretty awesome shot of the sun rising up, lining up with all of the buildings. Um, And if you have time before then, and you live around there, maybe you scope out your own spot that might be a little bit less busy. Okay, next up, so these screenshots, these are the two that are gonna be coming at you from Stellarium because we have a comet. This is what people are calling the most promising comet of the year. Really, really good name. Uh, The comet is C22E3 and in brackets ZTF so uh that one just rolls off the tongue quite nicely but it's going to be at its perihelion on january 12th and so that means it's going to be the closest to the sun on january 12th now it's not going to be the brightest that's actually going to be happening in february at the start of february so come back for the next edition (laughs) of cosmic chronicles next month but this is going to be the start of this particular um comet and just being a little bit easier to image. Now, it is not going to be anything like NeoEyes. This is a comet where you are going to have to be shooting on a tracker and you are going to have to be using a long focal length. In terms of where you're going to see it, what I recommend if you do want to shoot it is getting that comet into your Stellarium database. You'll have to import it in, um, but then you can look for specifically C2022E3ZTF. And in terms of where it will be, it's going to be setting northeast. So in my uh, screenshot from Stellarium, you can see on January 13th at uh, just after midnight, basically. So the evening of the 12th going into the morning of the 13th, you will see that this comet is uh, setting down to the northeast. So my azimuth is about 41 degrees. Um, so just a little bit um off northeast, and it it will be close to the constellations Corona Borealis and the Boots constellation. So you'll be able to find it in that apparent region. Now that being said, it is not a big target. So I'm going to show you the second screenshot, and this is um, inside of the red squared that you see its on a tilt because of how mine's set up in Stellarium, that's showing you what it would look like uh, if you shot with a 600 millimeter focal length. It's not very big, but it will get brighter. So it will be, they're saying it about an apparent magnitude of about seven. Um, it will be going up from that in February. So if it's the type of thing where shooting comments is something you enjoy and it's on your list, be good to get out for find where this comment is at, kind of be able to recognize that small smudge that you see and do some practicing with it. Comments do not move at the same rate as stars do, so your tracking becomes a little bit more difficult. So if you want to try something when it is brighter and you want to have practiced already by that point, it's going to be um, a good time to get started with that um, after about January 12th. Then we have the new moon. So January 21st is our new moon this month. And that means you can be out all night long underneath the stars. Now, after this, we basically have a parade of conjunctions between the moon and our planets. And the first one that you're going to see will be happening on January 23rd. And this is going to be, um, the objects are setting, and it's a pretty tiny little crescent moon because new moon was on the 21st. So we're getting a waxing crescent, but it's still quite small. And you're going to see a conjunction between the moon and Saturn and the moon and Venus. And in my Planet Pro screenshot, what you'll see is the moon um, off to the left, and then the next planet as you go off to the right is Venus, and then the next planet is Saturn. Saturn is going to set first, and then Venus is gonna set second. If you wanted to have the moon and Venus and Saturn, you would be shooting probably with a like 70 to 200 millimeter lens, and a good focal length would be around 170 millimeters. Maybe a little bit wider, it just all depends how big you want the moon to be in the frame and how much landscape you want, and if you want to do a vertical panoramic for the landscape and all of those things. If you decide you want to photograph just the moon and Venus, you can wait a little bit. So I have for my location here in Halifax to get the moon and Venus and Saturn, it's pretty much right when dark night starts. And so it's around 6:52 p.m. But if I wanted to wait for Venus to get a little bit closer to the horizon. It would just be a little bit later and I could use a slightly longer focal length because I wouldn't need to have um, Saturn in it as well. So I could probably shoot that at uh, an, a focal length of like 200 millimeters if I wanted. So that's going to be the first. The next one that we have is the moon and Jupiter. Now this can be at a longer focal length. So this is on January 25th and You're going to see in my screenshot, I've got it at 300 millimeters. You could even go in farther. 300 millimeters is actually my longest lens currently. I do have a teleconverter for it, but I just tend not to use it. Um, So you can see that we've got the moon setting first and then Jupiter. So this is on the 25th, so it's a little bit of a bigger moon because we're getting farther away from our new moon. And the moon actually will set before Jupiter does, I really kind of like in this image, if it happens, and of course these for me are all theoretical because you're not going to get the moon and Jupiter this close on January 24th or on January 26th. So I have to have clear skies on just January 25th. Um, I like to, I should probably point this out. I will always make these plans, but then I might get like one of them in a month because it's, you know, kids schedule, teaching schedule. And then what does the the weather actually allow but it's nice to think about it and to look at them and if i can have all of you being out there and photographing more then i get to see more images so not uh, completely altruistic, but a little bit selfish. So we have the moon and Jupiter setting around 10 o'clock, my time here in Halifax at about 44.5 degrees north latitude and a little bit longer focal length, 300 millimeters, you could go longer as well. Of course, when you're starting to shoot at that focal length, using a tracker will help you because you can get a little bit of a longer exposure. And that just helps give you a little bit more in the background. Not 100% necessary, but if you do want to get more detail, it definitely will help out. So that's going to be uh, the moon and Jupiter saying down. Now, next up, after the moon and Jupiter, then we have the moon and Uranus. And this is going to be on January 28th. If you look at my screenshot, you will see it says January 29th. That's because I prefer to get my objects setting close to a landscape. I just like to see things in relation to the landscape that they're around. For me, that's the, the nice connection that we get. So, In here with the moon and Uranus, they get really close. Um, You can see in my screenshot uh, that it's at 500 millimeters. You could even go longer if you had a longer um, lens, if you had something that went to 600 millimeters or if you had teleconverters. Um, And for this in particular, they are starting to set around 1.30 in the morning. It is a bright, bright moon. Um, You're going to see that it's in the first quarter a little bit more than that. Um, So it is getting to be a lot brighter moon at this point. So you'll have a really, really lit up landscape. Uranus will be harder to see because it is quite faint, but it is something that can still Look, look quite nice. Uh, depending on where you are at, you might also be able to see an actual um, oculation of Uranus in the moon, but most of us will not. You have to be uh, pretty far north um, in order to see that. So for for pretty much, I would say, based on the um, reader demographic, listener demographic that I have, 99.999% of people um, listening to this or watching this won't actually get to see inoculation. But we will get to see it really darn close, which is pretty cool as well. Okay, so then next up, and this is kind of um, one of the last things that we're going to be looking at. And I have a few different screenshots. So you'll see if you're on the afterdarkphotographypodcast.com, you'll see the different three different screenshots. Or if you follow along with me here on um, the video, you'll see them come up here. I'll show them through. So this is going to be a conjunction between the moon and Mars. But what I really like is that you can also get the Pleiades in there. This is happening on January 31st, But there is also a wider field image you can get on January 30th. And these are for me, again, I like to see these as they are setting. So because of that, when I say January 30th, this is the morning of January 30th. So it would be going from the 29th evening into the morning of January 30th. And you can get the moon and Pleiades and Mars all in the same frame. Shooting at about 100 millimeters. I have 115 millimeters in the screenshot. Could you do 135? You probably could. If you had like the Rokinon 135 millimeter, you could probably use that. It's a lovely, lovely sharp lens. And you can get these objects all together and setting. Could make for a really lovely image. Um, And just, I really love having the Pleiades um, in there. So it could could be quite lovely. So uh, here at my latitude 44 0.5 five degrees north How my times, have I said that? A lot, but just as a reminder, um, it is setting this scene to get it all together about 2.45 in the morning. So then the next night, what you're gonna see is that the moon and Mars are way closer together. Now, <clears throat> if you just wanna photograph the conjunction between the moon and Mars, the 31st is gonna be what you want. Um, and that will be the night of the 30th going into the 31st. Uh, if you want to get the moon and Mars, setting over the landscape, it's going to be the 31st that morning happening. Uh, But you could, if you just wanted to photograph the moon and Mars together, you could be up uh, on January 30th that evening and photograph it as well. If, however, you want to get the Pleiades, I actually kind of think that the way that they're all together on the 30th the morning of the 30th, looks a little bit nicer. For me, it's a little bit more of a pleasing um, combination in terms of a composition, but it all just, just depends on what you want. So you'll see on the 31st, the morning of the 31st, that the moon and Mars are quite close together, and then you'll see the Pleiades setting down. Now the moon is getting pretty darn full. You're not gonna get a ton of data in the Pleiades, for me, that's okay. You're still going to see the cluster that's there. And if you do take multiple images, you might be able to pull out a little tiny bit of color. But one of the things is the moon will make the night sky be quite blue. And the Pleiades is blue. So I don't know. I feel, feel like it kind of all works together. So you could get the moon and Mars and the Pleiades together, or if you wanted to, you could zoom in and use a much longer focal length because the moon and Mars are gonna be quite close together and you could shoot about 500 millimeters and get the moon and Mars together. If you want to do that and get them setting over a landscape, which can look really cool. The moon's going to be quite big. It's going to light up the landscape quite a bit. And then you're going to have Mars glowing there. So it's going to be pretty darn cool. Um, That's going to be almost at four o'clock in the morning on January 31st. And that's what we have, ladies and gentlemen, for the month of January. That is our Cosmic Chronicles for January. Lots and lots of moon plus other planets with it, which for me, it's just really like lovely, simple images to look at. There's not as much going on in the skies if you're photographing like the arch of the winter Milky Way, or if you're photographing in the summer and you get the Milky Way core, but it is the, these lovely, simplistic images. N- not necessarily simplistic to photograph, but to look at. So lots of stuff happening. And pretty much across most of the month um, coming up just in the next few days. If you're listening to this after it's gone live, not as much cause we're in the full moon, but then we get into a whole bunch of different things to get out there and shoot. So I hope that there's a few things that you've heard and seen that will make you a little bit excited for getting out um, under the, if you are in the north like me, cold January night sky. And I look forward to being back here with you next month and to give you the lowdown on what's going to be going on in February in our night sky. Okay. Okay.